Hey, welcome back to Fuse. We're week two of It's Personal. Um, real quick, let's, let's uh, kind of set ourselves up for success. Maybe give ourselves a distraction-free zone. So maybe the phones, the AirPods, those need to start going in the pockets. Well, they probably need to go in the pockets about 45 minutes ago or so. But if you've got like trash and you want to throw it away, now's the time. And then the other thing is that if you're the kind of person to pick up a water bottle and go, it's the worst in the world. So like maybe let's just not pick those up for the next um, 20 minutes or so. And, uh, and that'll be great. If you got trash, you're free. Like literally right now, we're going to give you like 60 seconds to get up and throw it away. Maybe chug that like sun-kissed or whatever you got and just, just go for it and you throw it away real quick. Um, hey, uh, thank you guys uh, for coming as you guys are kind of creating your distraction-free zone. Uh, especially you sixth graders, so good to have you. Uh, we hope you feel welcome. We hope you're having fun. Um, those of you who came back, maybe seventh and up, uh, glad to have you back. New school year. Um, anyone ever had their name uh, mispronounced before? And you're like, that's super annoying. Yeah. Um, does anyone have a normal name that's like, I can't believe you mispronounced it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And by normal, that's not the right word to use, is it? Nope. Not the right word to use. Easy to pronounce? Is that the right way to describe? Okay, yeah, okay. Maybe I could use some help in that, in that way. Maybe I need to make it more personal. Um, I told you guys a story last week about how I went to Mod Pizza, and uh, I, I wanted to prove uh, my story to you. So me and my friend Doug went to Mod Pizza, and I brought a picture. I wanted you to see it. That is uh, the truth. That is, that is actually what they wrote down. Dud and Birch. Some of you like heard the story, but now you're seeing it in real life and you're like, oh, it actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I had to go find it. I had to go through thousands of photos today. I was like, this is worth it, okay? I have to show you because we were for sure going to take a picture. Um, we should learn each other's names, right? Um, and technically, uh, we think it's super important to learn your names. Hub staff, our volunteers, we all want to learn your names. Um, thank you for being so patient with us on doing the photo project again because um, we looked at the pictures after they were developed and I was like, we can't read those because the lighting was too dark and it was just some of you wrote microscopic little fonts. And so thank you. Uh, we want to learn your names. And we want you to, my name's Mark. I want you to learn my name. I want, you to, I want to learn your name. So um, give us a little patience and, uh, and grace as we, as we get started. Um, what we said last week was nobody wants fake friendships or relationships. We want to be, you know, known. We want people to know kind of the real us. And so it's important that we learn how to navigate that because middle school and high school are like um, uh, tough seasons to figure out relationships. And I don't even mean like dating relationships. I'm just talking about friendships, talking about relating to uh, people in our class or in our neighborhood, maybe even in our family. Navigating those relationships are, are kind of, uh, are kind of uh, maybe strenuous and stressful a little bit. Um, I, I think I told you guys a little bit about how I was a new kid in school twice. I was a new kid in school twice, and one in third grade and once in seventh grade, okay? So I moved like in the middle of the school year, um, and it wasn't just I went from this school in this city to another school in the same city. I moved from, in third grade, from Minnesota to Alabama. And so there was a wildly different culture. There's a wildly different demographic, wildly different like styles and everything. In fact, I didn't even plan to tell you the story, but the style in Montgomery, Alabama 
when I lived there uh, was like jeans and Timberland boots and like flannels. Okay, that was really popular. Moved to Indiana. Uh, they did not wear that. And unfortunately, uh, anyone ever seen uh, the show Home Improvement? It's old. It's from the 90s. Yeah, the adults are like, of course I have. Um, So Home Improvement, there's this character named Al Borland who wears jeans and boots and flannels, and he is super not cool. And uh, so I walked literally right into that school with that. And they're like, Al, Al Borland. Uh, also, uh, Forrest Gump was a popular movie that year. Um, and he was from Greenbow, Alabama. So I walked in, like, in the negative to this new school. Like, right in the middle of the school year, um, I went from, like I said, Alabama to Indiana. It was, like, really, really hot down south to really, really cold up north. Uh, and so it was definitely a difficult, a difficult season. But I will say, too, like, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I was like really lonely for like a long time because I didn't know, um, I didn't know anyone. I moved into a neighborhood. I don't know if anyone has ever done this. First of all, who's been a new kid in school before? Like, okay, wow, look at you. Like almost everyone. That's amazing. And I don't mean like, you know, I mean like new kid, right? So I was a new kid in seventh grade. Seventh grade's already difficult. Uh, and then I moved into a neighborhood with all little kids, right? And so you ever had that happen? You ever had that happen? You're used to being in a neighborhood maybe with all people your age and they're like your best friends and it's like every day, all day, it's like kickball, football, basketball, it's everything, right? And uh, move into a new neighborhood and it's all little kids. And I'm like, man. So I remember vividly, I had, I had my, um, my son bring this up. Uh, this is my baseball glove. I played baseball as a kid. This mattered to me as a, uh, as a high schooler. Uh, well, as, a, as a growing up, really, all the way through kind of my, like, 10th grade. But I, I wanted to show you this because um, this is the image of Mark Cox from 7th grade to, like, all the way through 8th grade because I still was just kind of trying to make friends and all this. I would get home from school, and I would do whatever I had to do at home, and then I would wait in the driveway for my dad to get home, like, two hours long, and I would just do this, like, just because I was lonely, Right? I, was, I didn't have friends in the neighborhood, and I would just throw the ball up. I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to, like, I would throw it way up and catch it. And then my dad, like, thank God, he would come home and, like, actually, like, he was exhausted from work, but every single time I'm out there, and he's like, all right, let me go change clothes. Let me get, like, a quick snack. And then he'd come out and throw the baseball with me for 45, you know, an hour till dinner or something like that. But, like, I, like, the image of this right here takes me back to being a lonely seventh grader when I was like in this new season of being a new kid. Being lonely is, is, uh, is, is, not, is not all that fun. Um, but I'll tell you this, I, I did meet a friend in the middle of that season, so I brought two pictures. One I'm gonna show you first. This is my friend Clint. Uh, Clint, now this is college. Also, that's me circa 100 pounds ago. Um, so there's that. You know, I'm the one on the right. You're like, I don't even recognize. None of them look like Mark at all. Um, I, so I think this was the... This was either the spring semester of my freshman year or the fall semester of my sophomore year, fall semester of sophomore year. So this is around, this is 2002. How many of you were alive in 2002? Great. Solid. So excited that you guys are all so young. Uh, So anyway, that's my friend Clint. That's his dad. Uh, We were in college. I think I told you guys I was in college at Liberty University uh, last week. And, um, And so I show you this picture because Clint was the kid that I met in school 
like on my first day because he was in class and I didn't really notice him until we visited churches that next Sunday and he went to that church too. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. So my family was like, we like that church. We're going to go back. And I said, that's great because I have at least one friend that I know that I can sit by. And so uh, as, I, as I kind of got used to kind of the school and the church thing, this guy was in my world at school and he was in my world at church. Just kind of happened upon him, right? It was all just kind of accidental, really. Well, we became very close friends. In fact, he became my best friend all the way through high school. We went to every camp together. We served at our church together. And then we ended up choosing the same school nine hours away from home, right, to go to together. We were roommates. Here's a little fun fact. Uh, If you go to college, which I know some of you are like, maybe having that conversation in high school, uh, just prepare you. If you go to college and room with your best friend from high school, you will hate them by Christmas break. Just probably, you're like, no, not us. And I'm like, can't wait to hear about it. Uh, You're gonna hate their guts by Christmas break. Sure enough, we changed roommates and my life was so much better because I kind of got my best friend back because I was with him all day. We'd go to class together. We'd come back to the room together. We'd go to dinner together. And it was just like too much, too much Clint, right? So um, we went to school together. To this day, he's still one of my closest friends, right? And he knows a lot about me. He knows if you wanted dirt on me, this is the guy. And he would be more than happy to share. Which is why I'm never going to bring him in to to speak to you ever, literally ever. Um, Sometimes he calls me and uh, because he can be kind of inappropriate at times. uh, And he says, are you on speakerphone? And I'm like, I would never put you on speakerphone ever. Because that would just be career suicide. That's your dad. He's cleaner than that. Come on. Not this guy. So then I wanted to show you a second picture just to kind of illustrate. Like this is, um, this is like, oh, that, there's Mark. We recognize that guy. Um, so, so there he is. And there's dad in the background again. This is 2020, December 2020. Uh, we were both back at home uh, visiting uh, family for Christmas and at our favorite Mexican restaurant, Roscoe's Tacos in Indianapolis. Um, and so it's just a relationship that blossomed, right, at, a, at an early age. And I want to tell you, he was someone that I could lean on. He was someone that I could trust. He encouraged me. I want to tell you, it's good to have friends like this. Sometimes I would make, uh, uh, what am I going to say here? I, I used to like to make fun of people. Uh, that's like kind of the ugly thing that I did with my words. I would make fun of people. I'd crack jokes on people. I would say ugly things uh, about them or even to them. And he would always say like, hey, knock it off. That's not, that's not us. And uh, so he was an encourager. He's a little bit of an accountability partner. Uh, and so, so it was always helpful um, to have a friend. And I will tell you, because of my friendship with him, my uh, connection to church skyrocketed. Because, not because we both went to church together, but because he personally invited me to Wednesday nights. I had only gone to Sunday mornings, but he was like, hey, Wednesday nights are fun. Uh, we have pizza. He's like, all the hot girls are there, right? And I was like, sign me up. I'm in. Uh, and that was just the decision that seventh grade, actually ninth grade me made. Uh, and so I got connected. I would eventually meet more people that would end up being kind of a support system for me. That's why I love the idea that a youth group could be kind of like a supportive, like second family of people that can really, really help each other. Now, Our guy Zacchaeus, we're talking about Zacchaeus, 
And he uh, shows up in this Luke 19 story. We're going to read all 10 verses again. It's pretty short, uh, but I want us to, to really kind of zero in because we're going to see, I believe, that Zacchaeus was lonely. Okay? He entered Jericho and was passing through Jesus. He, uh, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree, tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, that's what we zeroed in on last week, right? He knows Zacchaeus' name, and Jesus knows our names as well. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, he came down, received him joyfully. When uh, the crowd saw it, they grumbled because he said, you know, he's, he's, he's gone into the, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So they're judging Jesus at this point. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he's also a son of Abraham. We talked a little bit about that last week. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, can we do uh, uh, just? Uh, can we do something real quick, Kyle? If you'll go back to verse five, if you can find that one, because verse five is where I want to zero in on uh, on this particular message. So we see that he says Zacchaeus. He's going to say, "Hurry up and come down." Why? For I must stay at your house. I must stay at your house. So there was something about we said last week. Zacchaeus is getting called out by Jesus. It's either like. Oh, man, Jesus knows my name. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. Or it's like, oh, no, Zac- Zac- like he knows my name. He knows what Zacchaeus has done. He knows Zacchaeus' sins. Now, the crowd takes notice of Jesus spending time with Zacchaeus. And what does the crowd do? They grumble. So the crowd verbally, like outwardly, disagrees with Jesus spending time with this guy. And we've heard this story in the Bible before, and it's probably not all that uncommon of a thing to think even today. Like today, you might say that Christians shouldn't behave a certain way. Christians shouldn't do that, shouldn't say that, shouldn't act that way. And so we get a little judgmental sometimes, right? We all have that struggle. So these people are kind of judging Jesus a little bit, saying he's, he's eating with, is, he doesn't belong with a sinner. He's the prophet, he's the teacher, Right? He's the Lord. He's the Savior. What, is, what business does he have with a chief tax collector? And remember what we learned, what a chief tax collector is probably doing in this time? He's like extorting money. He is charging and overcharging. He's taking money from the poor and lining his own pockets with it. And so everyone thinks a way about Zacchaeus. Now, let me zoom in on this for a second. What do you think Zacchaeus' community is like? His friends, his circle, his social circle. Doesn't have one, why? Because everyone hated him? Maybe just the other tax collectors, yeah? Anybody else? His mom, yeah, hopefully. Do you imagine if your mom's like, this despicable, don't come home for Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, he's lonely. Say that again. His plans? Okay. Plants. Gotcha. I was like, I don't get the plans thing. His plants. He's friends with, yeah. He, this guy probably doesn't have many friends. When you think about how rich Zacchaeus must have been, don't you think that he could have been happy? Lots of money, no friends. 
What do you think? You say no? Why do we say no? Yeah. Yeah. Rich man alone in a mansion, like. Probably very discouraged. Yeah. My guess is, my guess is he's lonely. My guess is he's lonely. My guess is he sits around and hears people right at the nearby market or at dinner or sees people walking together, sees kids playing, and he starts to realize how lonely he is all the time. My guess is that he's lonely. In fact, he was alone in a crowd. Zacchaeus was alone in a crowd of people. Uh, you might, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but you might know what it feels like to be like surrounded by people and feel so lonely, right? We all feel that way sometimes. Uh, I think there's some stats on, on people uh, saying, I don't know that really anyone gets me. I don't know that anyone gets me. Jesus saw this and uh, made time for Zacchaeus. I think that matters. He made time. He prioritized him. Uh, I wrote down, he silenced the haters to show love to Zacchaeus. Jesus wasn't worried about what people thought. I love that. Imagine the confidence of befriending someone that has no friends, even if the crowd grumbles. Imagine that kind of confidence. Imagine having that kind of friend when you feel all alone. I think we all dream of like what, it, what would happen if we felt like alone. I don't have time to tell you a story, but I had, a, I'll tell you next week, how about that? Uh, I had a situation happen, like in the middle of the lunchroom in high school, and the whole lunchroom was looking at me. It was kind of, what's this guy going to do? And I felt all eyes on me. And I want to tell you, like, that is not my idea of a good time. Not in high school. Not really now. You know, it's like everyone looking. It was a high-pressure moment. And you know what I felt? Alone in a crowd. 500 kids probably in lunchroom because we had, like, 2,000 kids, four lunches. Like, 500 kids. And you know who came to help? Nobody. 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 Not even my best friend. Now, I don't think they were in lunch with me. But I think we always wonder, like, will someone come to help me? Or sometimes we wonder, will I go be that person to go help them? And Jesus did. Zacchaeus probably cared a lot about belonging, being accepted, being seen, being known. I want you to know um, that it's important. It's important that we recognize the opportunity right here, okay? Because we're talking about our relationship with Jesus and we're talking about our relationship with kind of the, our friends here in church, okay? So there's my relationship with Jesus, but then there's also my relationship with, with Clint, my friendship with Clint, right? He was a support to me, but I also have my own relationship with God. So I wanna say like two really different things here. Um, I want you to know that Jesus knows what matters to you. Jesus knows what matters to you. I think what mattered to Zacchaeus was that he didn't have any community, didn't have any friends, he was lonely, right? Did Zacchaeus need money? Did he need things? Did he, no, he had all those other things, but he was missing his community, right? And so Jesus knew that that mattered. In fact, when he went to Zacchaeus' living room or his kitchen or something like that to hang out, you imagine like Zacchaeus is like, I wasn't ready for people because I never have people at my house, right? And so Jesus made it very personal, in that moment. We said last week, Jesus knows your name. 
and Jesus knows what matters to you, I want you to know that we have a very personal God, a very, a, a very close God, a God who loves you, right? Scripture says he knits you in your mother's womb, that he, you were crafted and created, that he thought of you, that he delighted in you before the foundation of creation. He's close. He loves you. But sometimes we feel like lonely. So I want, I want you to know, when you feel alone and you're not sure if God is out there, I want to challenge you. Talk to Jesus about what matters to you. Talk to Jesus. Oh, he doesn't care about, he doesn't care about all that stuff. I'm just talking about grades. Hey, Jesus cares about that because you care about that. Well, he doesn't really care about my friendships. Uh, he cares about your friendships. Oh, he doesn't really care about like where I'm going to go to college. He absolutely cares about where you're going to go to college. Jesus cares about what matters to you. Now, I'll say this too. We ought to be that kind of support for each other as well in the church. We just ought to, right? We ought not to just kind of hole up and think about our own life, right? We ought to be able to kind of broaden, broaden our scope. And when we show up to church, maybe we show up to church, maybe we show up to a few who's ready to like help somebody. Maybe, maybe speak some kind words and encourage somebody. I guarantee in a crowd this big, someone had a bad day today. Imagine what would happen if we all walked in saying, like, I, I'm going to just be, I'm going to encourage, like, 10 people. Say, hey, love the outfit. Hey, you're so glad you're here. Man, I'm, I'm so glad that you're going to the all-nighter. Like, I'm gonna, we're going to go hang out. Like, it's going to be great. Um, what would happen if you would show up ready to encourage somebody? There's a scripture that I want to share with you just this last, last, uh, last minute or so. Uh, in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Right, this is talking to God about what matters to us. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I'll tell you, the beginning of my actual relationship with God when I was like 15 years old wasn't because of anything scriptural or spiritual or church. It's because I had a social problem in school with a bully. I was like, hey, God, I got a, I got a real issue here. I just want to, I just got to kind of spill my guts here. I just got to tell you about it. That's how my relationship with God started, to be honest with you. It was a bully. It was a bully in my life. And you know what? Jesus cared about that. In fact, Jesus cared so much about it when he began answering my prayer requests. When I started to have kind of like a dialogue with God, I was like, whoa. This is, what, this is like what the pastor's been talking about, but I haven't experienced that yet. But I decided to take God up in his, prom God up in his promise. He cares. He absolutely cares for you. Here's what I love about this verse. Comes to the promise, then we'll end. You pray, right? You make your requests known, and then the peace of God, this is a promise, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I cling to that in my life, right? You make your requests known to God with thanksgiving, right? Your supplication. That word supplication, supply, literally saying like, God, will you supply me with this? I need this. I'm asking for this. It's okay to ask God for things, Right, with thanksgiving, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's a promise. Man, you ought to be, you ought to be jotting that down on a three-by-five card, slapping it on your bathroom mirror so you remember that. Okay, Talk to God. Talk to Jesus about what matters to you. Also, at some point, you're going to have to start building up friendships and trusting a little bit, especially in this church community, this church family, to be able to lean on each other in that way. 
right? My friend Clint. Now, we didn't start with that, like, hey, can I tell you my deep, dark secret? No, 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 no. I didn't say, like, hey, I'm lonely. You want to be my friend? That's not how friendships start. Usually that's how friendships end. Uh, But I'll just tell you, like, as we began to, like, become friends and little by little, we trusted each other and we built that friendship up. We were able to talk about anything in life. And he was a huge support to me. So anyway, I want you to find that here. That's my, that's my hope and my, my vision for this here, okay? I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these students. Thank you for your love. Thank you for giving us uh, this opportunity to have an, a relationship with you. Thank you for listening to us when we pray. Thank you for this promise that the peace of God will, will cling to us, will, will, will cover us, will, will flood our hearts when we pray. I pray that you would just uh, send us with comfort today, that we know that we can talk to you because you care about what, what matters to us. So you're going to pray. Amen.